you're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. If you'd like to learn more about the Bearded Theologians, you can go online at beardedtheologians.com, where we have past podcasts, blogs, and a couple items for sale. So check us out, beardedtheologians.com. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this week's show. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. So uh, this week on the podcast, we're going to um, look at the lectionary again and unpack 1 Corinthians 9, 16 through 23. So Zach, as you um, unpack that, or as you read that, um, let's let's dive into that right now. Yeah, so um, I remember how I was going to precursor that. Uh, so yeah, 1 Corinthians um, chapter 9, verse 16 through 22, there's a lot here. And so we invite you to, uh, if you need to rewind the podcast a couple times and listen to it, uh, listen to the scripture reading, or just, uh, you know, if you're not driving, pull up your, your Bible app or uh, get out the old paperback and uh, read it along with us. If I preach the gospel, I have no reason to brag since I'm obligated to do it. I'm in, I'm in trouble if I don't preach the gospel. If I do this voluntarily, I get rewarded for it. But if I'm forced to do it, then I've been charged with, the, with a responsibility. What reward do I get? That when I preach, I offer the good news free of charge. That's why I don't use the rights to which I'm entitled through the gospel. Although I'm free from all people, I make myself a slave to all people to recruit more of them. I act like a Jew to the Jews so I can recruit Jews. I act like I'm under the law of those under the law so I can recruit those who are under the law though I myself am not under the law. I act like I'm outside the law to those who are outside the law, so I can recruit those outside the law, though I'm not outside the law of God, but rather under the law of Christ. I act weak to the weak, so I can recruit the weak. I have become all things to all people, so I could save some by all all possible means. All the things I do are for the sake of the gospel, so I can be a partner with it. Don't you all... Don't you know that all the runners in the stadium run, but only one gets the prize? So run to win. There's not a question mark there. So run to win. Everyone who competes practice competes practices self-discipline in everything. The runner, the runners do this to get a crowd. Gosh, the runners. I don't know. (laughs) This is Doctor Twenty Three. Oh, was that really? My bad. Yeah. All right, edit that out. No, I think we'll leave it because uh, it kind of threw me for a little bit. I was like, wait a minute. He's not reading past what I had memorized. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, just uh, edit it out at 23 that way because it stops there. I'll give you an intro into it. Okay, man. So uh, after hearing all of this, there's clearly a lot to unpack. But what caught your attention first? So as you're reading this... Um, you can, um, I think a few things to think about. Um, I, I was reading Richard Rohr, um, and, um, he has this con or he's this idea of, um, willful people and, um, willing people. And, um, I'll use this line. So the line is willful people use scripture literally when it serves their purposes and they use it figuratively when it gets in the way of their cultural biases. Willing people let the scriptures change them instead of using them to change others. And I think, 
you know, thinking about that and thinking about what you read, I was thinking about the differences between being a willful preacher and a willing preacher. You know, a, a willful preacher is going to manipulate the situation to preach a particular message that's going to be not necessarily conducive to what really Jesus had said and how Jesus taught us how to live. And, and you know, we definitely have seen a lot of those. And I mean, we can we can recognize a lot of those that those uh, willful preachers are preaching the text, speaking what it means to them, and asking you to really do the same uh, and go forth and do likewise. I mean, it's a very very Christ-like in the approach. And I see Paul here doing the same way, being very Christ-like in his approach. Like you know, like uh, meet people where they're at, love them for who they are, and um, get to know them a little bit. And uh, we talked about this a little bit last week, a little bit. Uh, we've talked about it a lot, actually, just getting to be a neighbor and, and knowing what that means and and sharing love. Like, I mean, you know, I, I think that that's what Paul's really calling us to is to like proclaim the good news, like the legitimate good news, not the one that you have manipulated and crafted, but the one that Christ himself uh, manipulated or not really manipulated, but crafted to, you know, further the kingdom of God. Right. And, and so, gosh, there's so much here. It's the difference of um, of anyone, pastor, preacher, just person telling you this is how it is, as opposed to let's do this together, right? Um, leaving leaving that space for each person to hear what Christ says or, or read scripture and go, hey, here's where I'm at on it, rather than standing before you going, no, 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 it has to be this, exactly this. If not, you're wrong. And, and I, I appreciate, I don't often appreciate things about Paul, uh, but this is one of the things that I, I do appreciate because like you said, Paul, Paul here is trying to be, to model that thing that Christ does and, and be all things to all people, to be in the space that he needs to be in in those moments. And um, if you read, Matt and I talked about, about this before we hit record, if you read certain translations of this, there's winning language in it. And for me, that's really problematic when we talk about the gospel and we talk about winning. Um, because for me, winning implies somebody has to lose. And if somebody has to lose in the gospel, that goes, ag- to me, that goes against the love that Christ has for all people. Going and being in the places that, that Christ needed to be in and wanted to be in with people who were seen as less than. Um, if you look at that as winning, who did Christ have to step on? to get there or who do we have to step on and make sure they lose so that we can win here in the church and that that's the exact opposite of what Paul's teaching here uh, talking about here is go to the places you need to go to and if you're going somewhere that doesn't or you're with somebody that doesn't believe like you do great be with them and and, and don't be the <laughs> the the sleazy used car salesman and, and just trying to say, no, 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 this is what you need to do uh, to be saved or to be whatever. Rather, be authentic in who you are and just live out this life and calling of love and let it change you and see how it changes the world around you rather than trying to change the world around you to meet those expectations. Well, I always think of, um, remember when we heard uh, Rudy Rasmus and I know you just like I could see you cringing a little bit because I talk about him a lot in, in pre I like Rudy. <laughs> uh, I know, but um, remember when he preached at World Methodist Conference and he has this mm-hmm. great line, love is allowing a person to be who they choose for themselves yeah. without it. 
um, the instances that they meet your expectations. Right. And, and I, I really do believe that that's what Paul's trying to say, at least even in this, but I mean, he does it a few other places too. And, and that's definitely been manipulated. And, and I think it's that willfulness of wanting to connect with people to share why the good news made an impact and difference on your life. Like, and I think that that's the one thing we have forgotten in regards to evangelism. We have forgotten to share the good news. Why does it make it like literally, like I, I'd really like for you to think about this. Why does the good news make a difference on your life now? And how can you share that? Like, what does that mean for you in the world? Um, we haven't equipped our people to do that. Um, no, no. And, and you know, our, uh, our favorite Trappist monk, Thomas Burton has a similar quote of, it's not our job to qualify who gets to love. It's our job to simply love, right? Um, and, and it's that same idea that, that Rudy, Rudy's getting at, right? And that it's, here's what love is. And often we look at the gospel as we have to go win. We have <laughs> to take this mission out and we have to win as many people as we can, uh, or we're not doing good enough. And that's just not it. Um, it, it's, it's not, love is not about winning. It's about being and creating space for folks. And, and I don't know, getting all fired up. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Well, and I think that that's where like, we have to be aware of what we're doing and understand that everything we do is an opportunity to present the gospel to someone. I talk about this a lot, you know, um, before I became a Christian and, and became very faithful in the church and all that stuff, you know, I worked in Brahms and, uh, I hated to work in Brahms on Sundays from For non-Texas and Oklahoma people. That's a hamburger restaurant. It's a delicious, uh, ice cream establishment that I care less about the food. I really like the ice cream. Um, I saw a tweet yesterday that said, if you don't have, if you live in a small community, you don't have a Brahms, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's some truth to that. But I remember working as a teenager in Brahms and I hated working Sundays, the 10 to the 10 to two shift, because that's when we got, that's obviously when we saw the post-church crowd. And I have to admit, they were the worst. Um, I mean, it didn't matter. Like I remember working you know, late nights and dealing with drunks and they were easy to deal with. It was the, the Christians that were difficult to deal with. And I use Christians in a capital, you know, in the capital C. I mean, it didn't matter denomination or flavor. Um, they were all, uh, at some point or another, they were all, you know, horrible people towards the people that were serving them. Mm -hmm. And I always remember the rule that my dad kind of taught me is like, you don't mess with people who are messing with your food. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, like people see that you're a Christian and how you operate at it, like how you practice that the world is watching. And I think that mm -hmm. that's where we've gone wrong. We, we forgot that it doesn't, it's, it's an all time, all the time thing and how we yeah. situate and point ourselves to like, that's what people will see. Right. And that picks back up on the thought that I lost earlier at the very beginning of this piece, uh, at the scripture, Paul talks about preaching. I'm called to go preach and, and here's my responsibility in doing so. Um, and often we, we see folks do that of, of I got to go out and do this or live the gospel out. And, and the gospel they're living out is a gospel to be right, a gospel to mm -hmm. win. And that's not the gospel that Christ preaches. That's not the gospel that has been laid out before us. It's not about being right um, and somebody else being wrong. It's not about winning and somebody else losing. It's about that central piece 
of love. And, and like you said, how do we leave church on a Sunday afternoon and go into a restaurant and be jerks? And, and Paul touches on that at the beginning of, I don't, I'm not owned by anyone, but I've made myself a slave to this life, to this world. Um, and that's a humbling statement to say, I'm acknowledging that I am not better than anyone, although Paul walks that line sometimes. <laughs> he humble brags a lot. Um, but he's at least acknowledging just because I have this responsibility, just because I've been called to this, just because I'm living this life out to the best that I can, striving to be Christ-like, I'm not perfect. I'm not better. My job is, my call is to be in service to the people that are around me. And to be in service to the people around you is not putting yourself um, above them and not being a jerk anytime, but especially Sunday afternoon wearing your suit and tie, obviously coming from church. Or, or my favorite was the ones that would yell at me with their freaking church shirt on. And right. Like volunteer <laughs> church yeah. on the hill. Or, mm, or great. Or, you know, we love you in, you know, church of right. whatever Nazarene, you know, that right. I mean, um, yeah. you know, it, you know, I, I really think that like the reward, like, you know, he asked the question, what is my reward? Sure. He's like, I get to do this. I get right. to share the good news. Like Paul owned that. Like he like loved the fact that he got to share the good news that in fact impacted his life and his faith. And like, he gets to share that, like that's his calling that God has placed on his heart. That doesn't mean that that has to be your calling. But what it does mean, I think, is that in everything we do, we need to be self-aware of how we're sharing the gospel whether that's your school teacher, a janitor, a bank teller, uh, a worker at Walmart, a pastor. Because uh, I have to be honest with you, when I worked at the bookstore, when I was uh, when I was working at the Christian bookstore, my worst customers were pastors. Um, and so, like, um, you know, like, the gospel we share at all times. It's not an on and off switch. Everything you do is sharing the gospel. And so like, right. I think that that's a good, well, and I think that's the important thing. Yeah, go ahead. I was just, go ahead. I, I, I think that's the important thing to, to, to draw out from this. Paul's talking about himself and preaching. Um, and really what we can't do is say, well, that's a preacher text. That's for people who are called to be pastors, who are called to, to lead the church. Paul, what Paul is talking about is this is who we're called to be. What gospel are we preaching and how are we doing that in every manner we can? And yes, people like Matt and I were called to the pulpit, but we're all called to our own pulpits wherever we do. Uh, whatever your vocation is, how, how are you sharing God's love? How are you sharing the gospel, the good news in ways that are actually helpful, <laughs> that aren't uh, harmful to what the gospel is? Well, and I think that that's where we have to be. It goes back to that self-awareness of knowing of... Yeah being aware that everything we do is an opportunity to share the gospel. And like, I say that a lot in my congregation because I want people to realize that it's not just a, you know, when you're in the church van or you're wearing a church t-shirt or mm -hmm. when you show up to worship on Sundays, it's everything we do. Cause I, you know, I, I probably just like you, I encounter most of the issues outside of the walls of the church outside of like, you know, and right. it's by church folk who are great people. I mean, their intentions are well, right. uh, but man, they, they just aren't, as aware as they need to be about right. how they're sharing love. I mean, right. that's really, you know, we are called to be uh, light bearers and love givers. And, um, you know, I think 
sometimes we we put that aside for convenience or yeah. just not right well and and i don't know about you maybe the secret <laughs> that we are that secret but maybe the the reality we need to continue to break down is um the majority lives are not of lives are not changed on a sunday morning um that's a start that's a foundational thing but sunday morning from the pulpit is often not where people change not where people find these things it's it's the relationships they have throughout the week the conversations they have um you know sundays are a part of that but it's not all of it it can't be all of it well i mean i think if if all we're relying on is sunday to shape us um for discipleship or for spiritual growth we're missing the point already yeah and uh, your sunday is not it's about a treasure us. trove of voices uh, worship, and relationships yeah. and people right well worships i mean let's be honest worship's not about discipleship worship is about you know recharge the centering of us towards god and right and offering ourselves like re-offering ourselves to god reorienting ourselves i mean that's mm-hmm. um you know i i think you can grow your faith in worship so don't oh don't absolutely right but like if that's it if that's all you do like i really would encourage you to like consider plugging into some kind of spiritual in depth uh, you know, do, join Bible studies, get a spiritual advisor, talk to your pastor. Um, because man, like just sit in a bar and talk to people, well, that's <laughs> right? you, just but, have conversations. Yeah. Um, um, or but if a coffee shop or wherever. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for that answer, that direction, I think, you know, that's where surrounding yourself with a group of believers comes in handy. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that's something that we have moved away from, uh, with, um, you know, just the convenient, I call it the convenience of Christianity. We've tried to make Christianity mm-hmm. so convenient that we're not mm-hmm. willing to do the work of spiritual growth. And I, and I just, you mm-hmm. know, um, and so like, I mean, I mean, we were definitely spinning our wheels here on this and trying to find a place to land. I think the place to land is how do you preach the gospel and why do you do it? I think that's a great mm-hmm. thing to reflect on today. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's a question for everybody, right? Not, not just our pastors, but, but our lay people too. Any, anyone. Yeah. I think that's anybody inside or outside of the church, uh, disenfranchised or whatever is like, you know, and I, yeah. and I think it's just a good place to land for today uh, for our conversation. Yeah. So we want to encourage you to go to our website, beardedtheologians.com, check out all of our great content and material that we've got up there. Um, you know, here we are in year five uh, and rocking and rolling. Um, we've made it through a month. <laughs> we've survived uh, the, the first year of 2021, which is already shaped up to be an interesting year. Um, especially if you're a Cardinals and Rockies fans, um, you know, um, you know, we'll have that conversation later when we do our baseball episode. Um, so nuggets. <laughs> I like how you're wearing a Nuggets shirt now. All right. In joke, if you you trust, right? I'm 100. <laughs> so for the bearded theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. I want you to subscribe and like this video and put that thumbs, push that thumbs up. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on all social media outlets. You can check out old episodes and more information at beardedtheologians.com. Thanks for checking us out.